Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 138 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadeboe.com or back on the description page for this episode back at Blog Talk Radio. I also want to say on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio, I have a link to a video that I did called The Magic of Scripting that if you're interested in spell work, um, consciously using the law of attraction to create a desired outcome, something like that, that video that I link to will explain that. It will outline how to do that. And I think that just ties in really well with this month's theme of storytelling here on Hippie Witch and my blog and YouTube videos. Uh, and this is the last show on that theme for November for the time being until I pick it back up some other time. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to mention that video one more time. Um, I actually did it earlier this year, but I just think it ties in really well. And I know a lot of you are interested in like doing magic. Um, and I'm really just going to be talking today about this idea of how words are weapons. What is the subtitle for today's show? Stories of mind control, magic, curses, and spells. So as usual, I'm just going to riff on the title Um, But I wanted to give you something actionable at the top of the show, if that's what you're looking for. (laughs) Um, So what I want to talk about today is how the words you speak and the words you hear have more power than you may realize, especially when they are woven together to form a compelling story in the, you know, the power of storytelling. They have the potential to become magic spells or curses, or enchantments, or mind control, or however you want to look at it. And I had this image in my head as I was scheduling today's show. I was thinking about The Wizard of Oz. It's interesting how many people see that movie as a spiritual teaching. I know Oprah is really hot on it. It's like her all-time favorite spiritual teaching is The Wizard of Oz. And the more you think about it and look at it, the more little truths you see, especially when you get into magic and there are witches in The Wizard of Oz, obviously. So most witches love it. Um, But there was a point that I had never really considered, and that's what I was thinking about, and it's that of that when when the movie's still still black and white um and Dorothy's still in Kansas like after she runs away from home she finds professor marvel and his little gypsy bardo traveling caravan thing and um he's obviously a cheat and a phony <laughs> from his behavior um but it's interesting he uses the magic of storytelling to get Dorothy to take a particular action so he pretends to look into this crystal ball and he tells Dorothy what he's seeing he spins this whole yarn this whole tale of how 
her beloved Auntie M is not well, and, you know, she's putting her hand on her chest, and it gets Dorothy in a state that is designed, it was designed to create emotion and get her into action, and that's exactly what it does. So even though Professor Marble, he's not a wizard, he's not a real wizard, um, he's just a phony and a liar and a cheat, he actually, there's magic in that, there's power in that. And then the next thing I was thinking about is Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving is this Thursday. And I love when the themes that I pick for the month, which I just tend to do based on my random interests. (laughs) Like, that's what I want to talk about now. But I love when it kind of coincides with the holiday or just, you know, like a cool little bit of synchronicity, which I think it does right now, because for those of us in the United States, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving, this Thursday, and I just recently saw Gloria Steinem speak live. She's a hero of mine, 81 years old, total badass, but she's so witty and funny, and she made us in the audience all laugh um, when she started talking about Columbus, and she said Columbus was an asshole, and she elaborated on that, (laughs) and how, I mean, he was a murderer, and how he, you know, basically stole the Native women and gave them to his men as sex slaves. And then he was totally baffled about why they didn't want to be sex slaves and why they fought back. And she told this story about how she would love to um, one day sneak to some statue of Christopher Columbus. I don't know where it is. It's some park or whatever. But she's always fantasized about going and, like, spray painting murderer across the statue. (laughs) She feels very strongly about it. Um But it's interesting how now that we have the Internet and we're all, like, informing each other outside the school system, how these things are presented to us now as, like, you know, like, the whole story of Christopher Columbus was a myth. And I just, you know, or, like, you can kind of be made to feel gullible for believing in his story, you know, and everybody's like, well, actually, it went like this. The truth is he was a murderer and a rapist and blah, blah, blah. Um but when I hear that, I always think, whoa, hold up, you know, like, come on now. This wasn't, this, this wasn't some urban legend. This was taught to us as fact in school. <laughs> we went to school to learn this stuff. And they used the device of storytelling to embed it in our hearts and minds forever. We loved Columbus. Columbus was a good guy. He's even got his own holiday, (laughs) Columbus Day. And we all know that the pilgrims and Indians, which in fact weren't Indian at all, they had a beautiful, peaceful, loving relationship. They shared food and wore happy little construction paper hats. (laughs) And Gloria was saying that Columbus, to his dying day, insisted that Native Americans were Indians. That's how much he believed his own story. Um, And, you know, with Thanksgiving, we're celebrating this supposed peaceful loving relationship between the indians and the pilgrims it's just all so twisted (laughs) i personally celebrate it as a day of gratitude just a day of family and gratitude and i love the tradition for that um so i'm not dissing thanksgiving and i hope you all if your family celebrate thanksgiving that you go and you enjoy it and have a great time and be grateful you know for the love that you have in your life and the food and the privilege we have here in this country Um, But there's also online, uh, John Oliver said something on his last um, episode on HBO, if you watch John Oliver's show, um, he was talking about refugees and how everybody's 
uh, you know, fears refugees. And throughout history, we have feared refugees. We have a long history of this. And then he said, um, this is like a little meme now that's going around the Internet that was pulled out of that show. He says, there was only one time in American history when the fear of refugees wiping everyone out did actually come true. And we'll all be sitting around a table celebrating it on Thursday. (laughs) So the power of stories to create long-standing cultural spells and traditions. Stories are powerful. Words are powerful. Words are magic. That's why they call it spelling. Miss Carly Elizabeth, you know who you are. Um, And I often talk about how I like to use tarot cards and symbolism because they bypass words, they bypass language. Um, But that's not to mean I don't value words and language. I'm a writer. I value them strongly. I'm a talker. (laughs) I love words. But um, words on their own, just the written language on its own, it it doesn't really have the same power as, say, a a bit of symbolism to get down deep into the secret hidden layers of your psyche. But words that generate emotion do. Words that are woven together to form a story do. Some words just on their own, depending on who's saying it and who they're saying it to and the motion behind it, do. Words like stupid, pathetic, disgusting. You disgust me. There's power in that. (laughs) And it definitely gets deep down inside of you, especially when it's said to you on repeat as a child. Um. And I hope you listened to actually to last month's tarot series because that will tie in really great with this idea of how the mind produces stories, the word, produce a kind of magical domino effect, creating emotion, which leads to, you know, the will and action and ultimately manifestation. So I guess I'm just constantly talking about the same thing over and over again <laughs> and hitting it from different angles. Uh, but that's why setting a clear intention is so powerful. It puts you in the driver's seat of your own life. It makes a magician of you. It makes a witch of you. So ask yourself, you know, the next time you're going to launch into a story about this or that thing that just happened to you, oh, my God, you won't believe this thing that happened to me, or um, – Think about why you're telling the story. What is your intention? You know, is it, I want attention. I want to receive sympathy, love, compassion, understanding, status, a sense of importance, whatever it is. People tell stories out of a desire for results like these without any real understanding of what the story that are about to tell can really do. It can take on a whole life of its own. Gossip. Gossip. Ugh. Ugh, I can barely talk about gossip without, like, turning into a maniac about it because it really pushes my buttons. But gossip, for example, is it's lethal when it lands on the right ears or the wrong ears, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, I have some really strong feelings about gossip because I was basically tortured with it <laughs> all through high school. The stories that kids told about me being a slut – were very elaborate and detailed, and most of the time when they came back around to me, I had no idea who the other characters involved in the story even were. (laughs) They were just like, I don't know, just stories that were made up out of thin air, maybe out of some other girl's 
jealousy or someone had like vengeance to me or maybe somebody told some little half truth and it got spun. I have no idea. Um, But for example, I supposedly made out with two boys at the same time during a party I did not go to with two boys I had never met. (laughs) Stuff like that. And people want to believe. They want to believe it. And then they gladly treat you accordingly. And they can, never even having met you, make a judgment on you based on something that never happened. That's the power of story, the power of words. And that's why I tend not to trust people who gossip to me about other people. I always think, if you're willing to tell me this deeply private, humiliating, and quite possibly untrue thing about this person, I don't even know, what are you telling people about me? (laughs) It creates an automatic case for some serious boundary setting, and I will not be inviting that person any further into my space. Um, If you've ever been a victim of gossip, you know what I have, what I'm talking about. And if you think that gossip is just some innocent little bit of fun, I challenge you to rethink that. (laughs) It's interesting, too, the way a gossip, and I say a gossip like that's who they are, but (laughs) it's interesting the way a gossip's eyes will light up and they get really animated and intense, leaning in as they tell an especially juicy piece of gossip. It's like they're getting off on it, and they are. They're raising energy and, in effect, creating a spell or a curse, if you see it like I do. And that energy is highly contagious. It is no joke. Um, I believe in curses of that variety. They work. They, they have the power to get one single isolated person ostracized. It's like a very subtle, under-the-radar, but highly powerful kind of witch hunt. If you don't like somebody and you want them out of your group or your school or your church or your community, gossip can get the job done. Lickety split. And certain lawyers thrive on this ability too. I say certain because maybe not all do. And I don't think this is a bad thing. I think this is a power that actually can be used for good. Um, But they'll, they'll tell an especially damning story one that is super compelling, knowing full well that according to the rules of that particular case, they are not allowed to tell that story. Um, And then, of course, their opponent will motion to have it immediately struck from the record. (laughs) Like, strike that from the record! But you can't! You can't strike it from the record once it's been told. Sure, you can, like, you know, strike it from the paper record, But the damage is already done. The story has already been told. The spell has been cast. The heartstrings have been pulled. And the lawyers know that. That's why they do it. This is a power that can be used for the most excellent, worthy cause. Like, you know, like maybe the lawyer knows that, you know, their client is innocent or they know that the the opposition is guilty. They know it in their heart, and so they're going to pull this little magic trick (laughs) out from their sleeve to get the job done. And it can be used for ill, obviously, you know. If the glove don't fit, you must quit. Sorry, guys, I just can't get this glove over my big fat fingers, and to prove it, I'm going to make a little show of trying so hard to squeeze my hand into it, but alas, it doesn't fit. So I guess you must quit. (laughs) That's not even funny. I don't even know why I'm laughing at that. That is not funny. 
And in my opinion, this is how witchcraft for hire works as well. Not to say that witches who work this way are purposely spinning a yard to yank a yarn, excuse me, a yarn to yank your chain. Or that they're bad. I think that that's a great service to offer, especially witches that focus on healing or helping you achieve something that is empowering in your life, you know, helping you get past a block. I please don't hear me say witchcraft for hire and think that I am dissing witches that work that way. I am not at all. Um, and I believe that the very best of these witches absolutely believe every word that they are saying. They believe in their craft and they take great pride in it. Um, and they would, I am sure, vehemently disagree with what I'm about to say <laughs> about what they do. But it's really just my opinion, as I always say when I'm about to say something that is bound to upset someone somewhere. Nothing I am saying here is the truth. It is just my truth. I'm happy to share it with you, and you can make of it what you will. <laughs> but um, the story of Witch for Hire might tell you about how they called them the help of this extra dark goddess and they lit this very important specifically dressed series of candles and intoned a super secret ancient incantation for 48 hours on your behalf that story is magic in and of itself whether they did all that or not and if you believe it it's doubly so if they believe it too and actually went through the motions getting you to then carry out a tax of your a task of your own, like burying a dead animal, planting a certain herb in a certain location, burning a lock of hair, whatever it may be. It brings you into the story as an active participate participant. Sorry, I keep tripping over my words, ironically enough, today. <laughs> Actually, I do that every episode, don't I? <laughs> Um, but if they can bring you into the story that way as an active participant, activating all of your senses, then they really bring that story to life in such a way that for you, they bring it to life for you in such a way that the desired outcome is all but guaranteed. And that, for my humble or not so humble opinion, is how magic works. <laughs> and not to go on about this too long or start a controversy because I know that some witches who follow the old religion, which let's face it is not even a century old really, um, they, as I so often point out, like to call me fluffy. But I have a dirty little secret to share with you here. <laughs> and I say it's dirty because it perhaps reveals one of my flaws, and that is reverse snobbism. I think they're fluffy. <laughs> I think they don't know what they think they know. They don't know the mechanics of why their magic works. And I do, damn it, I do. So fully on you. <laughs> My ego likes to make an appearance every now and again just to say hey. So um, shout out to my ego on that one. But the truth is I really... I believe what I'm saying here. Otherwise, I wouldn't keep showing up week after week blabbing my face off about magic and the law of attraction and why it all creates change in conformity with your will. Or going back to today's subject, the will of whomever has you in the grip of a really good story. And I think people are right to fear magic 
that people who don't understand magic, like they sense that there's a power to it. They understand there's a power to it. But what they don't know is that you cannot opt out of magic. It's, it's around you all the time, especially when you consider the magic of story. And we are magical beings. We are. And whether we're trying to or not, we're like manipulating each other constantly all the time. So to me, like awareness Know thyself. These are amazing, amazing, amazing things to know and live by. Know thyself, which. (laughs) And I can see how, you know, the whole thing that I just said about how magic works, you know, and how there could be a witch that, like, her magic works and she's not even doing all the things behind the scenes that she's telling you that she's doing. I can see how that could be very disappointing to someone who's really excited about learning magic and listening to this podcast to learn how to manifest such and such thing into their life. And to that, I just want to say, if that's you, please don't let this idea of magic being largely a psycho-spiritual affair, don't let it deter you. It's not about lifting the curtain on witchcraft or the law of attraction to reveal it to the fraud it is. It's actually proof that it works, which is very good news, knowing the why And the how does not take away from the what, especially if you like to play, especially if you have a fantastic imagination. And if you want to prove it to yourself, on the little left-hand sidebar of my website, I have a little thing I sell for $10. It's a power tool, thought forms that spring to life. It will teach you how to create and use a thought form. And it is such a fun project and you don't need anything but like a piece of paper and a pen and a kick-ass sense of imagination to do this spell and I think it'll really show you what I'm talking about here today in my opinion and if you've ever used positive affirmations to good effect you you already know a little bit about what I'm talking about in um, Hippie Witch the free ebook I give away there's a section called Sexy Talk, which is really just about self-talk. <laughs> um, but it's about self-talk, like actually talking to yourself, telling yourself stories, like going beyond just an affirmation, like I love and approve of myself, I love and approve of myself, I love and approve of myself. Actually talking yourself through something, telling yourself stories, how that can be more powerful than a basic affirmation because it generates emotion and it paints a clearer more specific picture it puts a thought like i love and approve of myself into motion um and that's why i'm such a fan of sex like a sexy talk (laughs) that's just what i call it in the book i'm really talking about self-talk as my cute way of saying self-talk i'm a big fan of it you already have that voice in your head like telling the old stories that were programmed into your mind a long long time ago it's already there on repeat if you've ever tried to quiet your mind through meditation you know it's there you have heard it it sounds crazy it's like a voice outside yourself it's like who is this person telling me i'm a piece of crap and why are they in my head (laughs) so creating a new dialogue with yourself and telling yourself new stories now that's within your power. You can do that every single day for yourself. I do, I, it's how I start every day before I even get out of bed because I used to wake up like with a sense of dread, like, 
every single day, like when I had depression and anxiety and agoraphobia and all that stuff, like I felt dread before I even opened my eyes in the morning. And that whole self-talk business, it works. I promise you, I use it in my own life all the time. And that to me is another example of storytelling and how it ties into magic and creating the kick-ass life of your dreams, you know, like weaving a positive new story for yourself can absolutely alter the future. It's also funny that, um, funny enough, it can change the past as well. Like I touched on last week in terms of the stories we tell about our families and the childhoods we had. Another example of storytelling changing the past in a most peculiar yet powerful way is the telling of a a eulogy at a memorial service. You know, the stories that are told at a funeral. (laughs) I don't know why I keep laughing at the most morbid stuff. (laughs) The stories told at a funeral don't always match up to the life the person being memorialized lived. You know, the truth becomes highly subjective. Like somebody, everybody knew to be a complete asshole dies, and all of a sudden they're like telling stories about what a wonderful guy he was, and they're crying because the stories are so moving. Um, I wonder how many people are like sitting in the back row with their arms folded like, bullshit. (laughs) There's always that one guy. Um, as As I've mentioned in previous episodes, you know, great pastors, great priests, great great preachers. They are the most compelling storytellers. They tell stories to get you to believe. And if they believe, their stories are even more compelling. (laughs) If the person trying to get you to believe believes the story, I mean, forget about it. Marketers, politicians, preachers, these are the wizards and sorcerers of our time. Our politicians hire people. They hire storytellers to get you to like them. (laughs) Celebrities and corporations do the same thing. They're called publicists. And, you know, that can enrage or empower you, um, but you have the same tools at your disposal. Um, A lot of people are interested in, like, psychic shielding who are interested in magic. They want to know how to protect themselves from curses and evil and things like that or just emotional vampires. Maybe they're very empathic. Um, But really, you can put up your little bubbles of light and psychic shields all day long, which I do. I shouldn't have said little because I'm not trying to diminish the power of that. I do it too. But you can do that all day long. And if you don't have a basic awareness of how the music and the imagery, the binaural beats and subliminal messages of modern-day advertising are designed to immediately get you into a highly suggestible hypnotic trance, you're not nearly as shielded as you think you are. And I just use advertising as an example because it's one of the most powerful examples. That's real magic. That's cultural spellcasting, and it is no joke. Children's marketing has a huge domino effect because it plays on their emotions, and children are so open and innocent, and um, it plays on their emotions, which then gets these children believing which then gets them to play on their parents' emotions. And then the money is handed over. <laughs> and it's not a conspiracy. It's a evolution of human awareness and shrewd manipulation that grows shrewder by the day. It's survival of the mentally fittest. And 
I think it's super interesting that mentalism was in vogue right around the time that we are inventing the recording devices that would later become the the photograph, the telephone, the television, the cinema, and ultimately now the Internet, you know. If some God-fearing Christian from the 18th century could teleport into this day and age, they would surely be convinced that witches had taken over the entire world and that we were all going to hell. (laughs) What is this witchcraft? These talking, moving pictures and boxes that make me want to hand over my hard-earned cash in exchange for more talking picture boxes. What brutal is this? (laughs) Today's science is yesterday's magic. I love that. It's so true. It makes me think of Lori Cabot with her science of magic. Lori Cabot teaches the science of magic. I think there is so much power in that. I'm super in love with the science of magic. I guess that's what I'm talking about most of the time here. And then Christopher Pinzak carrying on that tradition with the inner temple of witchcraft. If you're into the law of attraction and you just hate the word witchcraft, I totally get why. But you might want to look up someone like Dr. Joe Dispenza is your guy if you want to learn more about the why of the why of like attracts like. And I just have to give a shout out to the person who coined the term woo craft. <laughs> Today in the Psycho Spiritual Wheel of the Year group, because that cracked me up, because um, she wasn't sure if she should call herself a witch. Oh, it wasn't in the Psycho Spiritual Wheel of the Year. Excuse me. It was in Kellyanne Maddox's um, Heart-Centered Biz group. <laughs> Thank you, Kellyanne, for having me on your blog for Wonder Worker Week. That was so awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, go over to Kellyanne Maddox kellyannemaddox.com and check it out and you also only have 24 plus hours depending on when you're listening to this to sign up for the winter transition module of the psycho spiritual wheel of the year because it's coming down it's coming down before i split town for thanksgiving and the winter solstice module is going up so last chance and i hope you have a beautiful thanksgiving if you celebrate that if not just have a beautiful week And until we meet again, much love. Peace. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.